Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. Thank you very much. I think, I think we're all thinking the same thing. TGIF. <laughs> After a week of WTF. <laughs> I mean, they're all bad these weeks, but this one... Seems like there was like a year's worth of news that was stuffed into... Let's, so let's just start at the beginning, okay. The president fired the FBI director, the man who was investigating him. How'd you like to be able to do that? <laughs> a cop pulls you over. You're under arrest, sir. Oh, yeah? You're fired. <laughs> Think about that. And the way he did it, of course, Trump can't do anything without doing it like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, one minute into the show, I've lost my mind already. I said, Pace yourself, Bill. This... But it's true. Instead of calling Comey up like a real man would do and telling him or in person, no, he sends his albino assassin. <laughs> <laughs> With a letter that says, you are hereby terminated and removed from office effective immediately. Sincerely, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> so... So that was, that was on Tuesday. All the next day, Trump has his surrogates go out there and say, well, this was all very routine. Uh, the president simply lost confidence in Director Comeney's ability to mislead. <laughs> and uh, it came down to a character issue. Yeah, Comey had some. <laughs> and... and get... <laughs> Get this, the main reason they said that Comey had to go had nothing to do with Russia. It was all about how unfair he was to Hillary. <laughs> this insulted Sarah Palin's intelligence. Because, <laughs> you know, if there's one thing Trump will not abide, it's bad-mouthing his dear friend, Crooked Hillary. <laughs> Do not lock her up! Do not... Remember they were chanting that? Do not lock her up! Yes, I remember. So... <laughs> so Trump has his people tell this story about Hillary and about how the... He was just accepting the recommendation of the Attorney General. And then yesterday, he goes on Lester Holt's show and says, Nope, it was me. <laughs> no, it was all my idea. And not only was it all my idea, but I did it for the reason you think. To... <laughs> to stop the investigation. He said this. He said it out loud. He said, when I decided to fire Comey, quote, I said to myself, this Russia thing with Trump, himself in the third person, <laughs> this Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made-up story. Uh, Putin must be in the Kremlin going, oh, shit. <laughs> or, 
It's, uh... <laughs> time to deactivate his microchip. <laughs> uh, he... <laughs> He admitted obstruction of justice right there on live national television. And the Republicans, nothing to see here. <laughs> because we all now live in America Ragua. <laughs> Would you like a little banana with your Republic? <laughs> Imagine what the Republicans would be saying if Hillary was doing this. The articles of impeachment would not just be drafted. Roger Stone would have them tattooed on his back by now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a little over 100 days we are in this administration. The attorney, acting attorney general, fired. <laughs> National security advisor, you're fired. FBI director, you're fired. Welcome to Apprentice Nuclear Edition. <laughs> <laughs> Is it any wonder that people are comparing this to Nixon and the Saturday Night Massacre? And by the way, I love this, the people at the Nixon Presidential Library objected to this, as they should. What does it say when supporters of the guy who was so tainted by scandal that he had to resign are like, don't bring our guy into this? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I haven't even gotten to the part <laughs> where the day after he fires Comey, he has the Russian foreign minister and the Russian ambassador into the Oval Office, which is never done because they're fucking spies. <laughs> so you, they're never in the Oval Office. And he would not allow American media in there, just the Russian photographer. So to recap for you... Trump fires the chief investigator into Russia. Then he invites the Russians into his Oval Office the next morning, kicks out the American media, but has the Russian state-run press there and confesses to obstruction of justice on live TV. <laughs> but Hillary sent some emails from the wrong laptop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you Bernie or bust people. Hillary wasn't pure enough. Look what you have now. Comey, for a lot of the liberals, wasn't pure enough. Who do you think you're going to get for an FBI director now? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably not going to be a black guy or a woman. <laughs> the, <laughs> the administration says they're looking for somebody fair-minded, independent, and Trump's son-in-law. <laughs> All right. We got a great show. Matt Welch, Killer Mike, and John Favreau are here. And a little later, we'll be speaking with author and actress Annabelle Gerwich. But first up, he represents California's 28th in the House, where he is the Intelligence Committee ranking member, Congressman Adam Schiff. Hey, Congressman. <laughs> thanks for being here. And thanks for, uh, thanks for a lot of things. Thanks for keeping your sanity. Are you keeping your sanity? How are you holding up under all this? I what about you? Doing Congress? okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, every day, a new adventure. I'll bet it is. Um, so, you know, I, I sometimes watch the other channels to see what they're saying because we do live in two different universes. And uh, when I see MSNBC or CNN, it's a lot about what you're saying. On Fox News, the talking point is always, let's just wrap this up. 
because after all this time, there's no there there. What do you say to the no there there people? Is there a there there? If there was no there there, uh, James Comey would still have a job. Uh, and you know, I, I think, you know, what I think is so important to get across about this, because at the root of this is why should people care about this? Uh, and as important as the collusion issue is, there's a lot uh, at stake here even beyond that. Uh, and what people mm. need to recognize, the Russians intervened not just because they wanted to help Donald Trump and not just because they hated Hillary Clinton. They intervened because they wanted to tear down our democracy, uh, just as they wanted to tear down the democracy in France with Marie Le Pen and uh, why they'd like to see Angela Merkel defeated. There is a real struggle of ideas around the world of authoritarianism versus democracy. Putin is leading the autocratic uh, vanguard and he has imitators in Cairo and Ankara, Turkey and the Philippines. There's and a Trump. real struggle. And you have a president of the United States. Loves dictators. Loves, loves these authoritarian strongly. figures. Uh, and, you know, probably the most distressing headline I have seen since uh, the last endless 110 days um, was when Angela Merkel came to visit. The headline in Politico was leader of the free world meets Donald Trump. Right. And uh, this, was, this was so painful. It is um, painful, yeah. And, and it, it's not only, I think, uh, disastrous for the United States internally because he has uh, provoked and continued these terrible divisions in our country, but he is dimming the beacon of, of hope for the rest of the world. Uh, people right. that are in prison because they demonstrated in Tahrir Square and they were the secular opponents of the regime, uh, and people in the Philippines who lost loved ones uh, when they were uh, murdered in sure. extrajudicial fashion, they look to the United States uh, to speak for them. Uh, and it's a grave tragedy all over the world if we lose that mantle of leadership. And that's, I think, part of what's at stake, why we need to get to the bottom of what the Russians did here, what the Russians are doing in Europe, uh, and how we fight back. And so, in a, in a bizarre series of weeks, it seemed like this week was stranger than even the ones that came before, because it did seem to me like he may have admitted to committing a crime. He, he said that he almost said word for word that he fired Comey because the Russia thing, in his opinion, isn't real. That seems like obstruction of justice. He also was asked, did you ask Comey for his loyalty? And he said, no, I didn't, but that's a great idea. It, it, Which it, also is illegal, correct? It, it, it is staggering. Uh, plainly what he did, if you can believe him, uh, was at a minimum unethical, improper, etc. Uh, whether it's illegal also depends on whether you think he's telling the truth. Ironically, the most incriminating right. things are if you believe him, but of course when it comes to Russia, you really can't believe what this president is saying. Uh, and here he's, you know, compounding that by saying, you know, Director Comey, you better look out because I may have tapes. So is it worse if he's telling the truth and he is guilty of what he accused his predecessor of, uh, wiretapping wire people right. in the White House? Uh, or is it worse that the President of the United States will just willy-nilly uh, tell the American people the things that are patently untrue? But if, but if the Republicans had on Hillary, if she was president now and said the same thing, I do feel that they would have drawn up impeachment charges already. Uh, I... I worry that the Democrats are still too nice. And I've asked Democrats yeah. about this before. Well, and, you know... Uh, and sometimes... 
what their answer is, is uh, we don't want to stoop to their level. To which I say, yes, stoop a little. You know what? <laughs> Stooping in the defense of liberty is no vice. Well, and you, you guys, really, it's a bar fight. I, you know, first of all, I think you're right. Uh, Democrats are too nice. I'm too nice. Uh, well, what can but, we do but, to but, 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 you make know, you a I'll mean you little... This. I'll give you a... German shepherd <laughs> who was beaten too much. <laughs> I'll give you a perfect illustration of uh, aware we were too nice, uh, and that is while the Russian hacking operation was going on, we knew it was going on. You're talking about 2016 In during 2016, the campaign? During yes. the campaign. Obama knew. Uh, the president knew. Did and, not use it. Uh, well, the president didn't come out early and forceful in condemnation of what the Russians were doing. Uh, in fact, Senator Feinstein and I had to come out before our own government was willing, before the administration was willing to attribute the hack to Russia. Uh, and here you had a situation where Donald Trump, candidate Trump, in July of last year, is saying openly, never mind what his people might be doing privately, he's saying openly, hey, Russia, if you're listening, hack Hillary Clinton's emails, right. you'll be richly rewarded. And, 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 and where Democrats fell down on the job in two ways. One, the administration should have gotten out there and condemned Russia and called for sanctions then, not after the election. But they were too worried, I think, about being perceived as putting their hand on the scale. And where all of us uh, in the Democratic Party fell down on the job is we failed to persuade the American people who largely knew what the Russians were doing why they should care. Uh, and unfortunately, more people well, and cared. And why should they, excuse me, why should they hate Republicans? This is treason. This is colluding with the enemy. I mean, even what you just said about Donald Trump inviting them to hack. Uh, if this was... The shoe was on the other foot, they would not hesitate to use that. If they knew that the investigation was going on, as Obama would, knew, he, he didn't say anything because he didn't... He didn't want it to look bad. Well, and when, when he did say something, when the president did that press conference, uh, I, I think he really did put his finger on this. And he was marveling at just what you're saying. How is it that the party of Ronald Reagan could allow, condone right. uh, a foreign adversarial par party, let alone Russia, intervene in our democratic right. affairs. Uh, and his answer was, look, we have gotten to a point where the partisanship is such that for the party of Reagan, it's okay if Russians intervene as long as it's right. to help us. Uh, the reason why the Russians were successful is because we are so bitterly divided. And one of the reasons this president is so destructive is he keeps feeding those divisions. And he also keeps playing into the Russian narrative uh, that is behind the, the, the dismantling of democracy. And that is, okay, in Russia, we're not a democracy. We're a thugocracy. We're a kleptocracy. We don't make any bones about it anymore. But you know something? America is too. They're just a bunch of hypocrites. And we have a president of the United States who goes on the may he rest in television peace, Bill O'Reilly's program. Uh, and he, he's asked, um, yeah. why can't you criticize Putin? He, the man's a killer, and his answer is, are we so different? That's... A lot of killers. You couldn't write that in the killers, Kremlin. You couldn't write that right. in the Kremlin any better. Um, well, how about having the Russians into the Oval Office? I mean, Kislyov is their spy master in this country. He's got that Android phone. I'm not the first one to say this. The security people are saying that he's still using the Android phone after they hung her for using the wrong computer a few times to send out wedding invitations or whatever the hell was going on there. 
they probably already, well, they probably already own them. What am I well, talking it, about? It, I, does it, does it, it really it, matter? That in the category of you can't make this up, which is the category we live in now, right. um, you have photographs of Kislyak and Lavrov with the president, not because our own press is allowed in, but because the Russians take the pictures. And so why can't the, the Democrats sa make this sale? You're either with us or with the Russians. Remember Bush? You're either with us or with no, the I, You know, I will, I will... I feel like that's what all I want to hear. I will tell you this. If there was ever a time in our history where the argument there has to be a check on this executive, we need to change the Congress so there is a Democratic House or Senate or both because this president needs a restraint, that argument is now. Well, I, I feel like people are making that argument. Um, do we have some footage of that town hall? I mean, people are going to town halls now and yelling at Republicans based on the Russia story, right? We need a bipartisan select committee to investigate this. When are you going to open your eyes? We all see it. Why? You don't see what's going on? You don't see it? When are you going to decide to be an American and not a politician? Okay, that's... Uh... That's what I want you to sound like. Uh, how can they... I can assure you in the White House, that's what they think I sound like. Okay. How, how, can, they how can they govern if that's what's brewing out in America? What, what are the Republicans saying to each other behind closed doors? They must be shitting their pants. Come on. Well, uh, you know, they... they <laughs> it's HBO. They, I have they, to do it. It's in my contract. You can say it. I can't. I know. They, they, they all want something from this president before the wheels come completely yeah. off the wagon. Um, so they, they want their tax cuts. The they tax want their cuts. regulatory right. uh, repeal of the mining exactly. regulations, et cetera. Money. And then they'll find their spine. Right. Um, there are a few people who are speaking out, and I think, frankly, this is John McCain's finest hour. Uh, probably his most important public service in Vietnam is what he is doing now. And I, I wish we had more Republicans in the House, or maybe even one in the House, who was willing to follow his example. So I, I know back in March you said that the case with the Russia collusion is more than circumstantial. Um, can you tell us anything more? And if you can't tell us that, can you tell us, like, when you picture Donald Trump in, say, two years, um, what is he wearing like? <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, it's... I, I, you know, I'm already... Orange, maybe? I, I, uh, I've already... Face, I'm already know. trying to get the image of him in a bathrobe out of my head. Right, I uh, understand. All right. I, I, you know, I don't know, honestly, where the investigation will end up. Uh, it's too early to say. It, it's, a, it's a mammoth undertaking uh, because it's global in reach. It involves a lot of witnesses who may or may not want to cooperate with us. We're, we're working with a very small staff. Uh, one of the reasons why it's so important that we oversee the FBI investigation and not let that go or be impeded in any way, they have the scope, they have the resources, they have thousands of agents all across the globe. There are things they can do and must do that we can't. So part of our responsibility is doing our own investigation, and we are trying. Part of our obligation is to make sure the FBI does the job they need to do. All right, well, there's nothing riding on this except the First Amendment to the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the fate of the country. But if you screw it up, I'm going to get mad. No pressure. All right, thank you, Congressman. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. I know you'll stay at it.
Adam Schiff, everybody. Thank you, Congressman. Let's meet our panel. Hey, guys. All right. All right, welcome to our sausage party. He's the editor-at-large of Reason Magazine and co-host of the Fifth Column podcast. Matt Welch is here. Matt, how you doing? He's an activist and musician whose latest album, Run the Jewels 3, is available now. Michael Render, a.k.a. Killer Mike, is over here. And he's a former speechwriter for President Barack Obama. We like him, who now co-hosts the podcast Pod Save America. John Favreau. Not that John Favreau, the, the slender John Favreau. Don't forget to send us your questions safer tonight's overtime so we can answer them after the show on YouTube. Okay, my first question for you boys is, what's going on right now inside the FBI? Because I've heard conflicting reports. Some people say, I heard that uh, Huckabee lady say, uh, they don't like uh, Comey. Yeah. And uh, then some of the people say, no, they're very upset about Comey being called a grandstander in a showboat. What do you think? Could I don't depend know. on the FBI still? I don't know if I believe the White House characterization of what's going on in the FBI at this point. No? No. Liars? <laughs> I think most of the FBI agents, I mean, you heard Andrew McCabe, who's the... Uh, the acting FBI director now say that you know Comey enjoyed the confidence of most of the people in the FBI right now. So, and I, I think the fact I that so. Trump pissed off the FBI, I don't think you do that when now you have Comey out there who has nothing to lose. I'm, and you have all these FBI agents. I mean, out there. a lot of liberals wanted his head. I'm sorry, Comey's gone. I was never on the let's let's kill Comey page. It's and not. purity is what is going to be killing the Democratic Party. There it has hasn't been, already. and also a lack of uh, strategy. I would, I would argue, if you start from the proposition that Donald Trump has authoritarian tendencies, and I think there's some reason to, to suspect that. You ask yourself, okay, <laughs> what does he have latitude? What can he do? What are the access of power that he can actually go for? And it's the Justice Department. It is the FBI director. So you're going to want independent-minded cusses, people who have been stuck their neck out against powerful politicians, even if you hate their guts. You're going to want people like that in those positions. Yeah, I think Comey is a Boy Scout. I mean, I agree with what Senator Warner keeps saying. I think he made some missteps in the fall. No, I don't think any of us here right. thought it was a great idea to release the 11 days before the election, that stuff about the emails again. It wasn't great. Uh, but the story wasn't over. He was still on the case. And he was not a guy who you could buy off with loyalty. What do you think they're going to get now? And for all those liberals who were like, Comey has to go and Comey's the bad guy, now you've given them a talking point. Oh, you wanted Comey gone. He wasn't pure enough for you. Hillary wasn't pure enough for you. The idea that you're going to let Donald Trump appoint the FBI director, that that's going to be better right. than Comey, is insane. Insane. Thank you. But there's only a four... It's Mike, you seem very... You you look, know, giving, giving, you're giving me looks, but you're not speaking. No, I'm just saying my people ain't had the best history with the FBI or Donald Trump, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm no. watching the tennis match. But, but I you thought, want, I, your, but I you thought want like, what's best for you. No, no, people. I thought like you. I thought the guy was a Boy Scout. And what I mean by that is you might not always agree with it, but they try to play the game fair. I thought that 11 days before the election was weird, but I felt like like he'd take a fair shot at Hillary. I thought that the investigation at Trump was fair. I was actually impressed that he seemed to be in the middle going, figuring out, you know, the whole thing. And, and I'm glad to see that at least now we distrust our president as a nation versus just small section distrust. I think if I were a libertarian, a Republican, a conservative, I'd be hard-pressed not to distrust a president who would get rid of Comey at this time. 
And there's there's a 52 to 48 advantage, a slender advantage in the Senate right now. And you have senators, not just John McCain, also Ben Sass, Richard Burr on the Republican side of the aisle, squawking about this. What they have to make sure, and people need to pressure them to do, is don't approve John Cornyn. Don't approve someone who has shown himself in this process to be more of a rubber stamp towards Donald Trump. Have someone use your exercise and oversight function in a way that they did not do, and I think disastrously, and they didn't get a lot of help from Democrats, I don't think, with Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions is a toady who has terrible ideas about the drug war and a bunch of other stuff. He made, uh, he just uh, announced a memo today uh, extending mandatory minimums again back to the dark old days of 2013 and 12 and, and before all that. And I think people need to focus their energy on people that they can block. And also, can, can I, I don't think this is said enough. Bill Clinton, probably a friend of yours. <laughs> no, friend. No, no, I'm but no. Okay. Uh, but a lot of this is because of Bill Clinton. The reason why Comey had to say what he did is because the attorney general had to recuse herself because he walked on her plane. Let's not forget that. Bill Clinton, once again, fucked up his wife's life. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> If Bill Clinton hadn't walked on Loretta Lynch's plane, then she would have been making the statement instead of Comey. Yes, he, he made a statement we don't like, but he was given an almost impossible situation. That's where we are, Bill Clinton. Let's put the blame where it belongs. <laughs> And I, wish, I wish that back then people were as uh, in favor of special counsels and, uh, and, and prosecution as they are right now. I would like to see more consistency on both sides of the aisle. It's a good idea to have... Uh, an independent investigator investigating the president. The president of the United States, who no matter who it is, has an inordinate amount of power over the rest of us. We should be throwing darts to the guy. But, Matt, you're kind of a Republican, right? No. <laughs> I've never been a Republican. I've never been a Democrat. I've voted but for... But you have the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> if these are Republican glasses, okay. then half your staff right, has right. Republican but you're glasses. Not a, but you're not a Democrat. Yes, that's correct. Okay. What are you? <laughs> I'm an independent. I've oh, never right. belonged independent. to, to I never party. think there really exists independence. There you okay. go. Um, but I say I'm one, too. Um, but I caucus with the Democrats. But and you give them money. I mean, it's not a small Well, thing. I gave one guy money, yes. Which was pretty... It's a lot of money. Looks, it look, was a lot of money. And it shows a lot of perspective. Because I was so afraid Mitt Romney... <laughs> was going to be president. I, I would, I tell, I've said this. I would give Mitt Romney that FBI money tomorrow. director Mitt Romney? I would give Mitt Romney a million dollars... I would become a Mormon. I would wear the magic underwear. I would stay away from caffeinated drinks. I would baptize the dead. I would believe, I would believe in planet Kolob. I would do anything for Mitt Romney to take out. Okay. But what do you think the Republicans are saying behind closed doors? Where is Bobby Jindal? Where is Mark Rubio? Where's Paul Ryan with their bad assetry now? Like, I really would like to... Yeah, like, like... Well, for, how about for, just for, the people for, Trump insulted? Yeah, like... Why can't they find their balls? Exactly, man. Like, where, where's the gun-loving, fierce Christian kick-assers now? Like, yes, thank Now you. that Satan is in the Oval Office, why don't we have your fierce ass fighting against the forces of evil? But, yes. How, how many times... How many times can Paul Ryan sit there and say, oh, I'm not commenting on this tweet. I, I don't comment on what the... the president could tweet yes. tomorrow, I fixed the election with Putin. And he'd be like, I'm sorry, I don't comment on his tweets. Right. I'm just it's looking for tweet. my tax cuts. Right. That's all it's I'm doing tweet. right now. That's something he does when he's on the job, yeah. taking a crap. We don't comment on that. We comment... You're right, that was too far. <laughs> okay, so 
every week when he does something crazy, there's this, like, secondary list of crazy <laughs> that I feel compelled to say, because if it was any other president, these would be giant headline stories. Now, the ones I already mentioned, he admitted a crime on TV. <laughs> Another crime he said he didn't do, but it would be a good idea if he did. Uh, had Russians in his office. He, how about this for the crazy list that didn't even make the top five? He said about health care, in a few weeks, I know more about it than anybody else. And then, <laughs> and then he said it should cost $15 a month because he thinks it's life insurance. <laughs> He's lost a mind that wasn't there to begin with. <laughs> he knows more about health... Just a few weeks. He... How about the fact that uh, Jared's sister is selling green cards for $500,000 a pop in China? How about the fact that he said... <laughs> he invented the term, prime the pump. Yeah. He said that never happened before. He was proud of it. A couple days ago. A couple days ago. Came up with it. He's like the guy in high school. I studied that. And he did it to the editors of The Economist magazine, of all yes, places in the world. Do that. He's prime pump. No, he's, he is a he... low-information voter who became president, right? <laughs> like, that is... That was solid. That's why I think so. I learned about health care. Now I read something. I only saw headlines before. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. right. And he's still trying to prove that he won the popular vote. He appointed Jeff's... No, he appointed Mike Pence, Igor... <laughs> to go out and get him a brain and to start a commission on voter fraud to find the three million fake Hillary voters that don't exist. He, he will never let that go. One reason he was mad at Comey is because Comey wouldn't back him up on the wiretapping. He not only says crazy shit, but then he insists that the Republicans back him up on it. They, you see the spiders too. Right? Business works that way, though. It, 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 like if you in the, in the yeah business. Like if you're in the record exactly. industry, the lead guy picks the worst song, <laughs> and everyone else kisses <laughs> his ass yes. until he leaves the room. Then they're like, Mike, your shit's gonna flop. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And that's the answer to when people say, "Wouldn't it be great if we had a businessman?" Yeah. He's running in a the casino, not a country. He's. Yeah. And we know what happened to his casino. <laughs> yeah. Okay, should we uh, do this thing now? Okay, I, 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 one of the problems, you know, we media types have every week is that we, we don't want to keep talking about Donald Trump, but, you know, you also can't not talk about Donald Trump. But I realized recently that after all the commentary, all the words printed and said every week, there's still one thing that nobody calls Donald Trump on, and, and look, yes, sometimes I do go too far. But tonight, I'm just going to say it. Donald Trump is fat. <laughs> Donald Trump is fat. I mean, along with everything else, he's fat. He's a fat fucking fat fuck. <laughs> but... <laughs> but, be you know, because he's tall and he wears these big boxy dark suits and he giant ties and strides around like Mr. Macho Man, People see him as just robust or powerful, but he's not. He's fat. <laughs> Look, here's a quick comparison. There's his ass, and there's Kim Kardashian's ass. <laughs> Reality stars. Anyway, I've written a book. It's called The Art of the Meal. 
A thousand and one Trump fat jokes. Would you like to hear some? Okay. Trump's so fat, most of the voices in it, <laughs> most, most of the voices in his head are chewing. <laughs> he's fat. Nobody says it, but he's fat. He gets winded riding the escalator. He's... The same guys he, he sent to get Obama's birth certificate are now looking for his dick. <laughs> Who is he fat? He, he once bragged that he moved like a bitch on Mrs. Butterworth. Oh. He's, he's... It's a book I have. Bestseller. The banks want to break him up. What? It's, it's, his Secret Service code name is Chris Christie. All right. Let's uh, bring out Annabelle. She is an actress and New York Times bestselling author whose newest book is Wherever You Go, There They Are. Stories about my family you might relate to. My friend Annabelle Gerwich. Annabelle, oh, good. A woman. A woman. Thank you for bringing some femininity and some pulchritude to our panel. Thank you. I brought my uterus. We were, uh... Okay, so this is your book. Oh, no, no this is not, not yet. That's my book. Damn. I'm sorry. Our books are competing. I hate this. Uh, but your book is very, very funny. Probably, probably funnier than my book. Although my book, Trump 100,001 Fat Joke, pretty funny. Uh, pretty yet, good. No, your book is about Thanks. family, and it's about uh, tribal. I thought it was very apropos for now, because mm -hmm. we're so tribal as a country. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's about, you know, your family dysfunctional. You say all the families are. And, and, you know, when the family breaks down, what do you got? The tribe. Right, but this is the thing is, you know, that's what I, I'm trying to challenge this idea of family, right? I mean, whenever, oh, well, oh, yes, you know, whenever a company or a business, they want your money, what do they say? We're going to treat you like family, right? right. That's when we yes. should run in the other direction. <laughs> because what is filled with more drama or dysfunction than a family, right? And so I, I feel like we're, we over sentimentalize family because, like, I have, I'm very close to my mm -hmm. sister. Other than that, I have no family. I have cousins. No, I shouldn't say that. I have cousins, like real cousins, like my father, right. sisters, kids, who I have not talked to in 25 years. Not because we're not feuding. Right. I like them. Neither one of us just could give a shit. Well, okay. Now, most... and, and is that wrong? Should I feel guilty about no, that? No, you shouldn't feel guilty Thank about God. it. Thank God. Yes. But here's the thing, Bill. See, we basically have the same brains and the same biological needs as we did as Homo sapiens 70,000 years ago. Mm. We need community. We are a tribal species. So you really can't get away from it, even though yeah. many people experience their family as a hostage situation. <laughs> but, but the, I mean, but 100, 100 years ago, even 50 years ago, everybody right. lived in a house with family members, and now... The majority of households are single households. Right. So I feel like humanity is outgrowing that maybe after 70,000 years. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons in the Western world why there's so much depression, so much isolation that causes that when that's what we actually need as people. But see, what happens is the way we live now, we don't just talk about family like our blood relations, right? We go out in the world and we make chosen family, right? We have yes. sororities and fraternities. We have urban tribes. Workplace. Work families, yes. exactly. But, of course, the total irony is that no matter how hard you try to escape your crazy family, you just end up in another crazy family. 
You mean even the ones you choose? Even the ones you choose, because groups become dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know what you mean. Like, uh, like I'm thinking of the old Mary Tyler Moore show that right. you know, was so groundbreaking because it was saying, oh, here's a woman, she doesn't have a family, like sitcoms always said. It's not her father and her real brother. It's Mr. Grant is the but father surrogate, right? Exactly. And, and exactly. Murray is the brother, and right. Sue Ann is the crazy nympho sister, whatever it is. <laughs> totally. Typical but, workplace dysfunctional family. Except that now people don't have a workplace. If you, if you have an Uber right. driver, Murray is not riding shotgun. <laughs> That's... Mr. Grant is not in the back seat. That's really right. true. You know, that's one of the stories I write about in the book. I do. I start with my own family, my own crazy family, as the launching off point. But one of the stories I write about is the loneliness of the gig economy. You know, a lot of gig economists, economy, the gig yes. economy. You know, right. people are piecemealing, yes. living together, right? And what's missing from that, we know it's hard, economically unstable, you don't have job benefits, but emotionally, people miss these work families. You know, and so I write a story about, well, this is, uh, you know, you may not be aware of this, Bill, but there's not a woman that I know, myself included, who hasn't gotten a phone call from a girlfriend or a family member inviting me to their house to try a skincare line or a clothing line and to hang out with their sisters, right? You've all gotten those calls. Every woman in here has gotten these calls. And I'm going to tell you what it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do it too, well, right, guys? guys? Remember last Thursday? Yeah, we were. And you know, thanks for the I'm tips gonna... on shaving my nuts. <laughs> No, 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 no I'm just kidding. It's a little kidding. lady talk, okay? <laughs> but what right. it has to do with is you get there and you think you're going to hang out and get some sisterhood time, but what it actually is, it's recruitment for multi-level marketing corporations who are capitalizing on the loneliness of the gig economy for women who are 80% of their salespeople, but they don't call it salespeople. You see, they invite you to join their tribe or their family. Right, there you go. And what you find out is, it's not just hanging out with your girlfriends, you're gonna be spending a lot of time alone, at home, on your phone, sending emails to everyone you've ever met and in your family to try to make them your business partners and they Every never want to talk to you ever Everything again. fits into the theme of your book. It does. Just like in my book, The Art of the Meal, a thousand and one. <laughs> well, Trump is fat well, and people have to stop avoiding that. You know, what says family more than family meals? And what drives you crazier than having a meal with your right. family? Well, you also write something interesting about the fact that when, when somebody like this takes away health care, it's, it's not just the people who lose the health care oh, that suffer. Yes. It's, it's people like you, like, you know, you're taking care of your mother. Now she doesn't have Medicaid. Exactly. I mean, anybody who thinks that they're not in the category whose health care premiums are going to go up because, for instance, they're not a senior, right? Well, right. don't forget, you're going to get a call one day, which is... Dad just had a fall, mom went out for milk in Miami and wound up in Baltimore. This is what happens in our lives. This is one of the stories Wait. I... What? What happened? How? Bill. I don't get it. Bill. Demen dementia. Guy. Dem <laughs> oh, I see. Dementia. Oh, okay. Yes, dementia. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I thought maybe she met a guy or something. <laughs> 
I didn't know what you were going to say. That would have been welcome, right. actually. Okay. But no, but this is what happens is we, right. you are the one who are going to have to assume that. The family members, the caregivers, there are right. 34 million Americans who are caregiving right now. I write about this, my own experience with my parents in the book. So You're the ones who are going to pay. Why do you have a, I mean, you also kind of have a thing on, you know, I'm an animal lover, but you know, yes. you, you think that people love their pets as, as family surrogates too much. And I don't know if you can love a pet as a family. Okay, sir. I mean, all right. uh, I, I love I, my I, pets precisely because they allow me not to have a family. So smart, yeah. so smart. Is that wrong? Love my you're, dog. Although you your know, pets aren't going to take care of you when you're old, right? And neither okay. are his cousins, for crying out loud. Not <laughs> now. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't. It's just as much on them. Right, they haven't reached out to me, too. Watch, I bet you after tonight we'll get together. You can't say I'm not an animal lover. I'm just asking. No, I know, but. Let me just say, I'm asking the question. Our pets, our families. See, what happened was I was noticing. See, Mike, totally with me here. Totally. I was noticing on my Facebook page, right, my friends were calling their pets their fur babies or their four-legged family members, and it's some days it seems like a pet genocide is happening on my Facebook page. <laughs> Lost our angel, oh, right. how will we live? <laughs> right, Rest, I know. Right? But and and look, we make assumptions, though, Bill. We make assumptions that people are good people by the right. way they treat their animals. And we forget Lenin loved cats. Hitler loved his dogs. But that's a, that, that's a, oh, come on. That's it's a, a red herring. It's, it's, it's a what? It's just a shih tzu or a poodle. It's going to die in six years. You buy a new one like a car, you name it the same thing. You walk that motherfucker to the park, you let it... You let it, you let it pee, you take more pictures. Like, I don't, like, my family's from the rural south. Like, it's a tool, it's an animal that's supposed to chase coyotes away at night. It's not really like your son. There is... I know, but there's something between that and Michael Vick, which is what you said. No, no, absolutely. Look, 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 trust, I mean, trust, trust. I'm not saying you should dog fight. I'm adamantly against it. Shouts out to my friend Big Boy, who raises dogs and will not sell to a dog fighter. But we must admit that I'm from a part of this country where people fight chickens and dogs. Mike Vick was not right. But animals are essentially tools on farms. Like, I can remember my great-grandmother, 100 acres down in Tuskegee, the dogs were specifically to keep foxes and coyotes away. They slept outside. They ate whatever you had left over. And my aunt in Atlanta, her dogs were named Izzy and Pop, and they slept in her sofa. And her house always stank like dog pee. <laughs> so... Okay. But, uh, but okay. I, okay, can I just say, I, yes. I want to redeem uh, myself, though. I just want to say yeah. that I am not above this kind of being an animal lover. I'm an empty nester now. My son went off to college. I cradle my cat. I did contemplate breastfeeding him, but... <laughs> but you know what? You can't do that because cats' tongues are like sandpaper. Yeah. You have to have some really tough nipples, Bill. I might not tough And enough. I do. Um, but I, I heard this joke. Now, if this is somebody's comedian joke, please forgive me. I just heard it. I, it sounds like one of those things that somebody writes in prison. Um, <laughs> But I, it's funny, and I think it's apropos. And, right. and the joke was, uh, like, if you lock your wife and your dog in the trunk of the car and you open the trunk, who's happy to see you? <laughs> 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 All right, so... Uh... <laughs>
So, President, uh, former President Obama. <laughs> you can't even say it. Obama. No, I no. I, uh, President Obama said uh, you get this week. He said you get the politicians you deserve, which is something I've been saying for years. Interesting the way politicians, when they're out of office, yeah. say the things I always say. Okay. So, but then uh, France had an election. And they thought it might go the way that our election did and, uh, and uh, elect Marine Le Pen, and they didn't. Uh, by two to, they two to one. They elected somebody else. Um, so I'm interested to know what you guys and you girl think about... You go, girl, is what I meant. Uh, think about why their election went so differently and what are they doing differently than we're doing. I mean, before you pat yourself on the back as France or anybody else here, uh, the National Front got twice as much vote as it did before. The, the, these populist movements are growing all over continental Europe. They might not be winning every election in Austria, but they came damn close. In Sweden, it's gone from zero to a lot. They run the government in Hungary. So, and France has had 25 years of a really, really lousy economy, and they get terroristed, you know, every five months. It's Wait, not a great situation. Are you going to take that away from us? Can't we be happy for one second Okay, about we can be happy. And, no, they got, and the, the guy likes cougars. But the great. National Front got less than they expected to get, even. They thought that 40% was a failure. They got less than that. Um, I also think Macron was an outsider. He was anti-establishment. He sort of ran credibly as someone who was outside the system. So he tried a little populism himself, which might have helped him a little bit. And the French are more sophisticated. Can we just say it? Putin tried to hack their election also, and they were like, ooh, that's gross. And they these are people who eat slugs. <laughs> and they... But they also don't have a Fox News. They don't have a Fox News. Uh, but that's... They there you go. Of course. Yes. They, they do don't have, have a that. Fox News. Right. But, no, but I think... What they do have is, you know... Healthcare, and I just would feel wrong with that, with my uterus here to not mention that there are 13 men sitting on a panel yes. deciding women's futures. And I... No, wait. Am... Let's explain to them what you mean by that. that now that the, the health care bill has right. moved to the Senate, mm -hmm. they have a working group to work and craft this legislation, and it is 13 straight white... Well, they say they're straight. <laughs> They have a habit of getting caught in men's room stops. Okay, yes. but 13 white men. And Ted right. Cruz. And so, you know, I, I, look, what, what do I know? I'm just a comedian with a retired uterus. But Ooh. let me just, well, I'm in menopause, really? which is a pre-existing condition, okay? But you're I, in it right now? Right this minute, Bill. I don't want to frighten you. It's nothing, nothing's going to happen right here, but I am in it. Okay, I had a C-section, pre-existing condition. Wow. Um, I, this Surviving the Trump administration has raised my anxiety level. I've had to up my antidepressants. More pre-existing conditions. I, I'm you're, worried, you know, I'm, I'm concerned. You, I, yes? I mean, I, no, here, here's my, no. I'm Look. concerned just about till the end of the show. I know, you're worried. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna strip off hot flash or anything, but I, no. I really think if any of these men had balls, but, they would give a position up to someone like Susan Collins, it, it, Lisa but, but it should, it should be had. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, we, we all, we're, we're all, we're constantly in this country. Take this note from black people. Don't just ask for a representative. <laughs> Go for the full Monty. Like, Georgia, my state is 30% black people. I want to see 30% of the house black people, you know? <laughs> like, so, it, it matters. Women make up half this country. Half the House and Senate should be women. Half your school board should be women. Half, it should be governed like that. And what, what I want to say about France, since we smoke weed and play concerts there four times a year, I'm there. <laughs> Et bonjour. Au revoir. <laughs> um, 
every time we land, people are protesting something. They're literally saying, this yes. is not right, we're uncomfortable. So the line is constantly being pushed there. And I think in this country, we could do better to get off the sofa or if we're jogging to, to grab a latte, to have serious conversations and then plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. Aggravate the yeah. shit out of this. Yeah. So, Phil, I think on your Fox News point that there's something, uh, the inverse happening in France. They don't talk about, or they haven't typically talked about Muslim immigration in the media, something that you've talked about here on the show. Sure. Um, I'm not saying that you want to talk about it or agree with uh, the National Front on this, but they made it a taboo subject. They make a, a point mm -hmm. out of criminalizing things like denying the Armenian genocide. I think you shouldn't deny the Armenian genocide. No. It shouldn't be a crime. So they've made <clears throat> taboo a lot of subjects. And that's exactly where the National Fronts and the Le Pen family can say, see, I'm the only brave truth teller around. So that shouldn't that's always... That's how Trump got elected. Well, I mean... Uh, it... Because the Democrats had a policy on terrorism that made most of the country roll their eyes. I wish we could talk more about this, but we're at the end of our panel time. Thank you very much. Very fun. Time for new rules, everybody. <laughs> New rule, now that Tucker Carlson is the new king of Fox News. <laughs> now that Tucker's the new king of Fox News, he has to come up with a second expression. <laughs> and his show has to be more than just inviting liberals on and then making this face. We did not doctor this. These are actual screenshots of Tucker Carlson with a guy who wants to get rid of the Electoral College, a guy from Black Lives Matter, <laughs> a woman who compared Trump to Hitler, Mike Farrell, Jorge Ramos, the president of Wesleyan University, a, coll a college student who defended flag burning. This show shouldn't be called Tucker Carlson tonight. It should be called Did I Just Shit Myself with Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> New rule, I don't care if Henry Kissinger is a war criminal. When he starts melting... <laughs> you don't just sit there and make vagina hands. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. New rule, alien movies have to put the letters closer together. Is this a thriller or an eye chart? <laughs> and why Alien Covenant? Everybody knows when people get sick of your movie series, you call it Apocalypse. X-Men, Apocalypse. Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. Resident Evil, Apocalypse. Apocalypse. It sends an important message to your fans. We're almost done. <laughs> New rule, Dove is free to market these new bottles that reflect the fact that women come in many different shapes, they say. <laughs> but they have to admit that the product names are a little offensive, like Dove, obvious boob job, come on. <laughs> Dove, skinny bitch thinks her shit don't stink. <laughs> and Dove, great personality. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
New rules since Chipotle just announced a zero-tolerance policy for workers who hide cameras in their restrooms. They have to tell me, are there other places where you get off with just a warning? <laughs> I don't know how they do things over at the IHOP, Johnson, but here at Chipotle, our customers expect one thing and one thing only in our restrooms, and that's explosive diarrhea. <laughs> Poor Chipotle. And finally, new rule, the tycoons of social media have to stop pretending that they're friendly nerd gods building a better world and admit they're just tobacco farmers in T-shirts selling an addictive product to children. Because let's face it, checking your likes is the new smoking. A recent 60 Minutes segment exposed what's called brain hacking how everything Silicon Valley develops is purposely designed to make us feel compelled to check in constantly. They want you to use it in particular ways and for long periods of time because that's how they make their money. Every time I check my phone, I'm playing the slot machine to see what did I get. This is one way to um, hijack people's minds and create a habit, to form a habit. That's right. Apple, Google, Facebook, they are essentially drug dealers. And I thought, where have I heard that before? Oh, yeah, on 60 Minutes. We're in the nicotine delivery business, and that's what cigarettes are for, most certainly. It's a delivery device for nicotine. Yep. It was never about smooth tobacco flavor. It was about the nicotine and the other drugs that cigarette makers deliberately put in to make it addictive. The moral rot in this country began when corporate America decided it wasn't enough to just successfully sell your product. People needed to be addicted to it. Keebler's cookies are not really made by elves and trees. <laughs> They're engineered in labs, like all processed food, with precise combinations of salt, sugar, and fat that are specifically designed to not satisfy. The reason you can't eat just one pretzel is the salt is like the nicotine in the cigarette. It's the drug, and the pretzel is the delivery system. That's how twisted pretzels are. <laughs> Food companies are not in the satisfying hunger business. They're in the finish the whole bag business. They're in the we-own-you business. You are our junkie slave. You can't resist this shit. Just put it in the cart and shut up before we make you suck your dick for it. <laughs> suck our dick for it. What am I saying? <laughs> you heard the guy in the 60 Minutes piece. Every time you check your phone, you are pulling that slot machine handle because you might get a reward, a text, a like, a dick pic from Anthony Weiner. <laughs> We all know the feeling. You post a picture on social media, and when the likes pop up, it floods your brain with gratifying dopamine. Facebook purposely holds back the likes sometimes, so you will keep checking. How come my friends didn't love that picture of my soup? What's wrong with me? Oh, wait, wait, wait until they see this picture of my water bottle. It's come to this, you don't exist until you get a smiley face. And then that's not enough. You need a thumbs up 
Or better, a giant thumbs up. <laughs> a giant black thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> This is why the average person interacts with their phone over 2,600 times a day. It wants all your attention, all the time. It's not a service. It's Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. <laughs> I'm not going to be ignored, Dad. <laughs> a third of Americans check the phone during meals. 19% have checked it in church, mostly grinder. <laughs> Pedestrian deaths are way up because people in the crosswalk looking down are getting run over by drivers looking down. The whole damn country is constantly looking down. There is something being crushed out there, but it ain't candy. Philip Morris just wanted your lungs. The App Store wants your soul. All right, thank you very much, everybody. That's our show. We added a second one at the Fillmore in Miami Beach, August 6th. Thank you for the popular demand. I want to thank Matt Welch, Killer Mike, John Favreau, Annabelle Gerwich, and Congressman Adam Schiff, who will join us now for Overtime on YouTube. Thank you, folks. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.